This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. During the course of the hour, we will continue to take your telephone calls. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. The city of New York has made two mistakes. Terrible mistake with how the city embraced the migrants. And now you and I are paying for it. And politically, the city is paying for it. And the second mistake that the city has made, the city is ordering 325,000 government employees to complete Racial equity training. What exactly is racial equity training? At the end of the day, it's only going to be divisive. It's going to have a boomerang effect. It's going to, it's going to impact exactly the opposite way that you want it to. And we are going to break down the Paul Pelosi tapes that were released Friday, but all of that took a backseat to the Tyree Nichols case and still continues to do so out of Memphis, Tennessee. I was just speaking, and we see all of your calls from Brooklyn to Boston to Suffolk County, the Upper East Side, Manhattan, the Bronx. I was just chatting with Loretta in Brooklyn. And before I get to anything else, I want to continue that conversation. Loretta, you just said, I think you said you're 77 years old, correct? Yeah, don't rub it in, okay? I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not rubbing it in, but, but you described that you're having a tough time and here it is, these migrants are, are receiving a, a free ride. Exactly. We have, I'm in a complex over here and, um, we have immigrants here, not migrants. And, um, I guess last summer when the weather was nice, I'm outside on one of our benches with a little radio with my headphones, and I'm jamming out to my music, kicking my legs, trying to keep my legs strong. And a little boy comes out of nowhere and grabs the radio from the bench. And I said, give me that. And I took it back. He's lucky some foul mouth, four-letter words didn't come out of my mouth. But I took it back. And his father waved the kid over. He could have been 8 or 10 years old. And he was going into one of the other buildings, and he says, come on, come over, you know. They don't correct the children. They don't teach them respect. My mother would have never said, don't touch what doesn't belong to you. She would have said, don't even look at what doesn't belong to you. Mind your business. They're not taught to respect us that are already here. Whether we're born here or not, they don't care. We have people from Algeria here, Morocco, Pakistan, you name it. They're all here. And my brother said it years ago in Jersey, there are no more Americans left in America. And he's gone, uh, I'm home almost 12 years now walking. He's gone that length of time, almost 12 years. Mm -hmm. And... um, He didn't like it when he came over here to pick me up, and he saw what was going on. 
but he was comfortable out in Jersey. You know, you had me thinking of when I was 35. I still had my dog. You have your dog. You have everything. Right. Well, I, I, I agree with you on that, Loretta, and I'm still not over losing my dog. I know. David d- doesn't need our comments and our sympathy. He needs our prayers and maybe a seeing-eye dog, unless you have to pay for that and it's expensive. I don't know. Uh, if I had the legs and I could go out twice a day, I would have a dog again. I would have a couple of cats in the house. But you have to bend to to change the litter pans, and I can't yes. do it. Yes. I, I can't do it. Well, Loretta, I, I, I do have to move on to some of the other are. callers. Um I, I want I want to thank you. Uh, the bottom line is that you made my night. You you really have, and I want you to stay positive. But I don't like that comment that you made about you've made uh, mistakes all your life. I mean, we all live and learn, Loretta, all of us, all of us. But you are a sweetheart, and I guess I'm flirting a little bit with you. But thank you. Thank you for the call, Loretta, calling from uh, Brooklyn, Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm going to uh, take some of these calls before I break down the topics that I want to this morning, since we have so many of these calls, and I want to hear from what you folks have to say. Robert, Suffolk County, New York, what's on your mind, Robert? Good morning. Good morning. I have disabil—I have disabilities, too, and I really sympathize with Maria and David. I don't want to see my benefits cut to try and help fund these illegal immigrants that are in the city and taking advantage of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these migrants, they have almost no rights. If the administration decides that they want to have them wait outside of the country, ICE, INS, they can go around this country Round them up and deport them and send them back to where they came from while their cases are adjudicated. Amen. Amen, Robert. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Amen. Amen. Thank oh, you. You, 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 you. you don't want the housing uh, that we're moving you from 57th uh, to Brooklyn? You don't want the housing? Fine. Then you get nothing. Bye bye. You get no food stamps, no health care, no, no cell phone, nothing, no shelter, nothing, nothing. You're that arrogant where you're going to tell city officials where you're not going to go, then you really don't need the help of Americans. You really don't. Let's go to Ben in Brooklyn. Ben, what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, Dominic, uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, uh, call screener, most of all. Um, yeah, it's about the migrants. I think uh, we're, we've adopted the term of the left. You know, they're not migrants. They're illegal migrants or illegal aliens, illegal uh, immigrants. And so by saying migrants, you know, it's, um, yeah, they committed a crime. You know, they're criminals. And so that's why I say, I say take back the terminology, take back the language, and um, it'd be helpful. Well, Ben, we thank you for the call. Let's go to Boston. Let's say good morning to Amir. Good morning, Amir. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. You know how many times I called you and praised David, not because he's uh, politically ideology is on my side, but in my opinion, he's a true American. He's a real intellect. And I'm sorry, he makes the show worth most of the time listening to. So I would like to be the first to sort of go be fun for David. I'll start with $100 and just Put me with your guys, and I'll let me know what to do, and I'll do it. How's that? Well, that's that's wonderful of you uh, to say, and and I I uh, I appreciate that, Amir. Uh, Ken will get uh, your email address since you want to start a GoFundMe page for him, or maybe you can actually start it yourself. But but we'll get your information, and thank you for that. We appreciate the call. Let's go from Boston to Gregory in Harlem. Gregory, what's on your mind this morning? Yes, Dominic. Yes. Nice to talk to you again. I want to just say, hearing most of the Caucasians talk about, the, like the lady said, the, the kids are not taught to respect the people that are here. Most of the Caucasians are feeling like 
black America has felt all its life. Because when when they were taught to come over here, different nationalities, they were taught not to respect the black Americans that were here. They were taught that before they came over here. I'm 59 years old, and I know my friends told me that, my Polish friends, my Jamaican friends, my all of my friends from Europe, they told me this. I'm in construction, and that that's what they were taught when they came to this country, not to respect the African-Americans. So now I could say to these Caucasians, join the club. You know how, how most older black Americans felt for years. Okay, but wait, wait, Gregory, wait. I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand. I, I get your point, but relate that to me as it to the migrants. I'm, I'm trying as you're speaking. I'm uh, trying to comprehend this. I get it. That, that I'll you're, explain. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll explain. The migrants, like the lady said, the migrants that are coming over here, they don't respect the people that are already here, the American citizens. And this, and I'm relating that to this is what all of the immigrants were taught when they came to America. They were taught not to respect the black Americans. But what do blacks got to do with migrants? Well, we're in this country legally. We were we were brought over here. You know our ancestors. Mm-hmm. We were brought over mm-hmm. here. And we, the the black Americans that were born here, they they know how it feels to be disrespected by the migrants. Now all of a sudden, most of the Caucasians are feeling it. You know, they're feeling like we felt for years. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm I, Gregory. I I I I respect you. I'm just I'm just I'm trying. Thank you for the call. I'm completely trying to understand the compare contrast and I get it what you're saying, but I I don't I, I don't understand how that helps anything and I, I I'm just I, I it's just best that that, that I uh, that I move on here. Phil in the Bronx. Phil in the Bronx. Good morning, Phil. What's on your mind? Yeah, good good evening or good morning, Dominic. I don't know which one, but uh <laughs> it's a pleasure to it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank Listen, you. Um I, you've got a good style, and I appreciate that. You're able to handle some some of these people that call in. Some of them are really tough characters, but you're you're a pro on that. Now, now, what what I want to get into is the fact that we we're making a big mistake. People in this country who are citizens and such are making a big mistake. The, the, these people that are coming in, the illegals, I call them illegals. These are pawns. These are mere pawns in the game of, of international chess. And what's happening is uh, my wife is African-American, and she has uh, relatives, two relatives living in Nicaragua. And she's been in contact with them uh, by phone, which is a little difficult at times. But nonetheless, they've spoken, and she's explained to my wife what's what's been going on down there. There's a heavy word-of-mouth presence in Nicaragua and El Salvador to get people to come to the United States. But, but they have to go through specific routes. And there's very complicitous border guards in the southern tip of Mexico, where the southern border of Mexico is. And right about a kilometer or two before you get to that border, you've got the United Nations. I'm not kidding. There are, there are people with the ID and the trucks and whatever from the United Nations escorting these people into the southern border of Mexico and advising them that they need to go north. Keep going steady north. Don't stay in Mexico. Go directly north to the United States, that they will let you in. There are no restrictions. They will let you in. And they're giving them promises of jobs, housing, and such. They're, they're, they're fattening their heads on all this stuff. So what happens is these people get on buses, according to her. They get on buses, and they, they travel the, the 480 miles up north, and they drop them off a couple of miles from the border. And bango, these people— Walk just walk across the border. The, the the people who are behind this are the ones we need to get get rid of, not the immigrants. The immigrants look these poor souls. Half these people have nothing nothing in their pockets but dirt and dust. Now, I, not, I, I, not... I I don't buy that anymore, Phil. I I, I don't buy that because they they the migrants. 
And right now I'm focusing on the migrants, Phil. Thank you for the call, because they are the ones that's costing us financially tremendously. They, they, to, to say that they're innocent, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. Were, were they innocent when they refused to leave the, uh, the hotel on 57th Street? Were they innocent then? Or were they innocent when a ton of food was thrown away? Were they innocent then? Are they innocent when the women are going to start dropping babies in nine months like clockwork? Are they, are they innocent then? I, I don't think they are. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we see the calls. We see the calls. Upper Manhattan, Philadelphia, Upper West Side, White Plains, Yonkers, Massachusetts, and New Jersey. We will be right back. You were looking for me. Hello. <laughs> you know. I know. And we are back. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I am trying to get to <laughs> the tapes that were released on Friday of Paul Pelosi, the attack at the uh, at the home of uh, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this morning, I think. <laughs> but we have all the calls, and I feel, com- I feel compelled to uh, take your calls right now. Robert, Philadelphia, what's on your mind? How you doing, Dominic? It's good to talk to you again, man. Good. Um, it's nice to chat get, with you as well. Go right ahead. Thank you. Before I get to my point about uh, the, the immigrant situation, what the hell was that caller talking about as far as people being taught to disrespect uh, African Americans before they come over here? What world is he living in? Do they have a checklist at Ellis Island saying, remember to hate black people? It's just the most ridiculous persecution complex I've ever heard of. And it's not a matter of being disrespected by the immigrants. It's a matter of being disrespected by the government that's letting them in here to take advantage of the situation like this. I don't even blame the immigrants so much in that, like when I was younger and I saw somebody who I thought was an immigrant, my first question might have been, is he here legally? Now, when I look at somebody that I think is an ignorant, my first question is, why are they here? If they're here to find a better life, I don't have as much of a problem with that. But when they're here soaking the system, having babies so that they can get that citizenship under the table and illegally, that's when I feel disrespected. It's not the immigrants that are doing it. It's the government that are enabling them to do that. And I guess that's all I really had to say about it. But, you know, I, I, I appreciate you letting me talk, man. Well, Robert, I, I appreciate your call. And, um, you know, on the topic of race, it, it's something, you know, everybody has their thought process. My thought process when it comes to race is that I'm not going to let it cripple me and I keep it moving. I keep it moving. I, I don't I don't fall for the crutch of race. I don't. Others do. And, you know, I, I, that, that, that's all that I really have to say, uh, as it relates to that topic, uh, this morning. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to, uh, Michael in New Jersey. Michael, good morning. Hi, Dominic. That guy, David, that you had on before in the last 20 minutes, you know, talking about his plight, you know, he's he's missing a foot, diabetes, he's blind. See, he's a fellow American citizen. And the thing is, this is what these Democrat career politicians want. They want us fellow American citizens to be our, at our financial knees. While they give away our hard-earned tax dollars to all these damn illegal aliens. And from what I understand, since Joe Biden got sworn in, six million of them he allowed to come to our country, our country, using uh, absorbing our social programs, our our hard-earned tax dollars. And these Democrats love it. They're laughing. People like Schiff, Schumer. Even Eric Adams. Look how adamantly he defends these illegal aliens in New York City who are making a mockery of our city. 
We worked hard for that, we Americans. I'm a child of immigrants, too, from Peru, who back in the 60s, my mom and dad, when they came to this country, before they put their foot in this country, they went to the American Embassy in Peru and got – they went through the sponsorship program. They already had jobs here lined up in America. They waited their turn. They finally got called, and they came to this country in the 60s through a sponsorship program. And that's the way it should be for all these undocumented illegal aliens. And I'm Latino. Agreed. But my love – for, for this country comes first before my where my parents came from. And the biggest threat to us, Dominic, me and you, and your good fellow conservative, fiscal conservative, is these damn Democrat career politicians. We've got to get rid of them by all means necessary. And I mean by all means necessary, Dominic, because voting is not working. They're destroying our country. It is so bad. They, they have done such a bad job. Even Biden who's a freaking Democrat, that the China and Russia is dictating our foreign policy in Europe and in the Pacific. We might be going to war, you know, because of because because Russia does not respect our government anymore because by because who's leading it. And they invaded um, Ukraine. Now we've got to send 300 tanks, us in Germany and our NATO alliance. What I'm trying to say, if Trump was in power, that would have never happened. And we all know that. We gotta get rid of these Democrats. I, I, I hear by you. All means necessary. I, I, I mean, it has to happen. Our country is falling. I, I hear uh, you, Michael, and and I agree with a lot of what you said. And it, it has to change, but but it has to be done legally, and that means that we all have to vote. We can't just complain. You have to turn out and vote. You you really do have to uh, turn out. And vote in mass numbers, folks. Russ in White Plains. Good morning, Russ. What are your thoughts this morning? Hey, Dominic. I think people are falling for the okey-doke. Who's taking advantage of whom here? People are being drawn here in order to pay into the Social Security system that a lot of people are complaining about. It's a shrinking population. The government is trying to draw people here to keep wages low. A lot of these immigrants will be serving in the armed forces that the, the wars that we'll be starting are, are in. So, you know, as far as ungrateful, I think the wrong people are ungrateful. But when you mention equity, could I bring in something about the police in Memphis? Because I think they should be Go given ahead. consideration. You know, a caller yesterday brought up the fact that there's so many guns loose in our society that the police are using overwhelming force in any situation. And the fact that one of those guys was a prison guard didn't surprise me because that's what happens. I think policing is racist, and so are, are traffic stops are racist. But we can solve both of them at people's tr- okay, wait, when wait, 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 Russ, yeah. Russ. Okay, Dominic. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let, let's have a conversation. Sure, I <laughs> yeah. just have a few things. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you, you just said that traffic stops are racist. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because in any given situation, an individual officer is going to be involved. They have personal biases. But if you could do traffic stops with artificial intelligence and, you know, they have cameras, if they could have cameras catching these guys, because I know if you drive back to Rockland, you see there are maniacs around that are trying to kill the rest of us. And I don't know about this poor guy, Tyree, but, you know, he was not stopping for the police because they were in unmarked cars and they were angry from the beginning because he refused to stop. Right. But, but Russ, but I'm I'm still locked on your first comment. Wait, 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 where are you getting that from that police are racist for traffic stops? I'm confused. Well, because in any given situation, uh, an individual officer could have prejudice, right, that you can't get rid of that. But if you can get rid of the human interactions in traffic stops, that will eliminate the racism. If people think they're being watched in their cars, that's the categorical imperative. If they think everyone knows how badly they're driving, they won't drive that badly. That's human nature. And if the police think they're being watched at all times and that camera up on that pole does that, that is the categorical imperative. Police, if they think that they're being watched all the time, they won't conduct themselves like this. These so, police officers. Russ, okay. let, let me let me know. It's OK. I, I just want to ask you for now yeah. a third time. Do you okay. really believe that police are racist for traffic. Do you really believe that? Uh, 
Well, you know, Dominic, when people pass me at high speeds tailgating and driving recklessly, I kind of do a demographic check, and it's everybody doing this because it, people are like lemmings. When they see people breaking traffic laws, they go ahead and break no, the I, traffic No, I got laws. it. I got it, but you didn't answer right. my question. Yeah, but the racism comes in because uh, any individual officer, black or white, could have a bias against a person who has, you know, some kind of hair color or, or freckles or, you know, a ginger. Th- those kind of interactions a- affect policing. But if the cameras were doing it, then the AI would give tickets to people and they would stop this behavior if they got a $300 ticket every time and not without even being stopped. You know, that's all I'm saying, Dominic. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I think you're doing a great job. Dominic, did you go to Kennedy High School up in Upper Manhattan? Yes. Yes. That I, was a real tough school, and they had a great football team. And I, 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 played, get... I played for the football team at Kennedy. But, yeah, but, I, but, 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 Russ, did you go to Kennedy as well? No, I played against teams that played against, uh, uh, like, DeWitt Clinton and Kennedy, and they uh, obliterated us. But uh, it was great fun. It was, I, did, I was in 74, class of 74, before you. But Okay, you know, we, okay, well, fair, fair enough. Thank you for the call, thank Russ. Thank you, Dominic. And, and, and I started out. I started playing football at Cardinal Hayes, and then I wanted to be at a school and have more of a shot at a scholarship, so then I went to D. Wood Clinton. And at D. Wood Clinton, I felt I was in a prison complex and that I would be stabbed any minute, and so I had to get out of D. Wood Clinton. And from D. Wood Clinton, I went to John F. Kennedy High School, and I played for the football team at John F. Kennedy, and then I was acting up in school, and my aunt and grandmother said, oh, no, you're out of here, dude. And they shipped me off to Seattle, Washington. And I really did live the life, the TV show of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the black kid that shipped away to the all-white community, affluent community, of which I was one of three black kids at at the local high school in uh, Seattle. And the two other black kids happened to be my cousins (laughs) that that I lived with. Uh, But it wasn't a bad life. It was a good life. I played football out there. And then I came back, back to New York and ended up graduating from Theodore Roosevelt. And so that's my high school experience, five high schools in four years in New York City. We are going to take a break. You know, this is remarkable tonight. I have not even gotten to the topics that I really want to get to. But with the amount of calls, I'm trying to respect you folks and continue to take your calls. So we are going to do exactly that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go to Manhattan, Massachusetts, Yonkers, the Bronx, the Upper West Side, uh, and Yonkers again. We'll be right back. W-A-B-C. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. Dominic Carter here with you. I am still in shock. I am still in shock that these migrants, some, have the nerve, the nerve at the Watson Hotel to say, no, 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 no. We're not giving up our hotel room. We don't want to go to a shelter at the, uh, the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. We want to stay right here. We, in fact, demand to stay right here. And it's real simple. Okay. You don't want to go to Brooklyn? You want to camp out right here on 57th Street in New York City? You want to camp out right here? Fine. Fine. Camp out. Make your little tents. Do whatever you need to do. You want New York to be El Paso? Go for it. As soon at the stroke of midnight, you have the police department and the sanitation department come through there and knock down that shanty town. And now, since you didn't want to go to Brooklyn, that's no longer an option for you. 
turned them over to the feds. They refused services from the city of New York. They are no longer welcomed here. And why don't you give them one of those sandwiches that they threw out? One of those sandwiches that cost taxpayers that the rest of us would love to eat. Give them one of yeah, give them one of those sandwiches from the I, I know, I know. But give them one of those sandwiches from the trash bag. Yes, here, here. Here's some food on the way out. Bye-bye. You are the weakest, the weakest link, and you're no longer welcomed here. We're dealing with that, and we're dealing with the fact that New York City's 325,000 employees, racial equity training. So... I want someone, and what does that mean? I, I know that somehow it's related to critical race theory, that decades-old academic framework. But what is this training, What what is it, what is it really going to do? And more importantly, how much does it cost? Who got paid? Who got the contract? How much money is this going to cost the city of New York to have people sit down And, of course, you're going to have to pay them while they're sitting here for the training to sit down and say you should be nice to people of other races. Duh. We need training for that, folks. Are we serious? That's the situation. That's that's what happens when these far-left politicians and get on the good foot, uh, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago. She wants to dance. Murder is up 61%. Businesses fleeing Chicago, innocent babies, two years old, three years old, four years old, being killed. And you got the nerve to show your face in public and dance in public, Mayor Lightfoot, as your people, African-Americans, are being killed in the street each and every day in Chicago. But you're in the mood to dance. Go for it. Way to go, Mayor Lightfoot. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Al and Yonkers, good morning, Al. What's on your mind? Good morning to you, Dominic. You know, I just wanted to point out that I agree with you uh, and many of your callers that uh, Mayor Adams has uh, mishandled this uh, migration crisis in the city. I mean, he's gone from greeting uh, the migrants coming in from Texas and other states from wanting them out of sight. Uh, I think politically it hurts him, but uh, he can recover because it's early in his term. I think he's a better candidate than the other ones who ran uh, besides Curtis Sliwa. But I do think this is uh, politically uh, a disaster for the mayor. It does. It does seem to be that way. And it it didn't have to start this way. The moment that they arrived here in New York, the may and and I'm sorry, folks. The women and children too. You separate them in different tents. They should have went to the massive tents. And the reason why they should have been sent to the tents is to deter, deter a mass movement towards New York. So you welcome the ones that are here. And what do you think the ones at the border? What what they're thinking? And so Al, it's. You know, it, but the one good thing is at least Mayor Adams is waking up to uh, right. to, to what's going on. He is. And so, so we'll we'll see how this all plays out. I thank you for your telephone call, Al, this morning. Let's go to Roger, Massachusetts. Good morning, Roger. What's on your mind? Hi, thanks. Can you hear me? Okay, loud and clear. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. First of all, your little monologue about three or four minutes ago is spot on. Uh, these people are being quickly taught by our leaders to become spoiled American brats because they themselves are spoiled with all the blue-collar tax taxpayer money. They're being Santa Claus with the blue-collar taxpayer money. And, uh, and when they get up on the campaign st- stage – like Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg, you ring the dinner bell as they did, you know. Uh, they're being very – it's like buying Christmas gifts with somebody else's money. Okay, that's number one. Number two, uh, these people are over here now. If they're – if um, they should be – maybe all of us who, who do work 
and pay our taxes, should retire as early as we can, and then the, the, the burden of GDP will be on the backs of all these new people who have come here, and they should learn how to work. Let them pay taxes and take over, take over paying for all this stuff, because we're all getting older and we're getting ready to retire. And, um, uh, and, then, and, and, may, and you know, if they're, they're going to refuse to enlist, you know, maybe the, the draft should be reinstituted for, for a while if, if we're going to be making all these wars. Uh, because the rest of us are getting too old. And finally, you talk about um, a rep. You talk about uh, equity. If these people are given um, amnesty, well, then everybody who, in the past ten decades, has paid a, a dime to become naturalized and gone through jump through all the hoops, they should be receive reparations with interest for everything that they went through to become legalized. And by the way, I, I look. I, I like David's calls and Jennifer's calls the best. David's very smart. But they both of them are very, very intelligent. But uh, so there was four little things I touched on there, Dominic. Well, Roger, thank thank you for the call. And uh, I'm not a fan of uh, reparations, but 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 if 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 these uh, migrants are going to be allowed to stay in the country, then you're right. Those that stood online and did it the right way, what what happens for them? Uh, when 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 they followed the rules, when they followed the rules, Joe Dover, New Jersey. Good morning, Joe. What's on your mind? I love your show. Thank you, Joe. If you if you uh, if you ever run for mayor, you got my support. I like your attitude on the solution. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, let, let me tell you. Yeah, I I'm shocked that. Well, I'm a little shocked that you're shocked that uh, the, the behavior of the so-called migrants. Um, I live here in a sanctuary city of, in the sanctuary state of New Jersey, where the reprobate governor, Phil Murphy, has opened up the floodgates here. And here in Dover, it used to be a great town. It was a true melting pot. I worked here back in the 1980s. You know, my parents immigrated from, from Italy originally, so I'm Italian, so I understand hard work and, and work ethic. And some of them do have a hard work ethic. However, they are taking over. And the illegal elements are taking over quickly here in Dover. We have gangs. We have, you know, 20-some-year-olds. Just the other day I saw two young guys, you know, pushing a woman. So, you know, I tried to beat my horn and tell them to cut it out. And I said, you know, with that attitude, get the hell out of my country. I might be a little bit rough, but I said that. And they, they, they started rushing my vehicle saying, this is our country in Spanish. I understand Spanish fluently. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, they're getting very violent and very kind of vicious, you know, and they're, they're uh, Murphy has given them all driver's licenses. So they're behind the wheel and I see them slumped over, you know, after work, they just take their trucks, they head to the bars and they're drinking to kill. And I'm not categorizing everybody at all by any means, but they are definitely thinking that this is now their country and they're here fair and square, regardless of that they didn't follow the rules and they're just taking over. They have that takeover mentality. And as far as your callers, I'm, I'm appalled that they would say they don't blame the migrants. You know, I, definitely, f- to be fair, there's some you know, innocent women and children and families involved in the mix. But the cartels are the ones that are sending them over. And President Trump, as President Trump said, you know, the cartels are working with Joe Biden to get them here. So, you know, it's kind of the analogy of if the bank door is wide open and I just walk in and take the money, oh, it's not my fault, right? <laughs> I think we'd all be in trouble if we did that. So it, they do bear responsibility. They're breaking our rules. If I went to Mexico and just tried to sh- set up shop, I'd be thrown in jail. If I just said, hey, I'm going to work here and just cross the border, any of us would just be thrown in jail. And, and, and you surely, Joe, I appreciate the call. <laughs> I you said sh- a lot. You, I said you, a lot, but I live in a sanctuary city, and it's it's changing daily, and it's getting really bad. I mean, you, you surely wouldn't be offered free housing, free food, free, free, free. No, Thank sir. you for the call, Joe. Audrey in Brooklyn, before we take a break. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Dominic, I'm going to make it quick. I tried not to call. I want to listen. But something that uh, Ross said from White Plains, which is so true about the traffic stops and how it's sort of like bias, because um, there was quite a few, um, Walter Scott and um, Sandra Bland and Blonte Wright. And, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something in the system. It's not, it's not the police. And it's, the, it's the people that, that join the police department. That's what makes it bad, because all of them aren't bad. There's some bad seeds that, that, that are in there. But um, I just hope, hope everybody just get over this because I'm still saddened about what's happening. 
How was weekend? <laughs> Audrey, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. And I'm not laughing at, at what you said because it's a serious topic. It's just like a sort of a, uh, a inside joke. Thank you for the call, Audrey. We uh, we appreciate the call. Folks, we are going to take a break. When we come back, our Carter Care segment. And you want to keep it right here. Coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. When we come back, our Dominic Carter Care segment, and we'll take calls from Upper Manhattan, Upper West Side, Manhattan, Bronx, and Yonkers. WABC. Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your borough to your dinner table, this is Carter Cares. And the story that I am continuing to follow is the dozens of asylum seekers continuing to camp out in front of a Hell's Kitchen hotel as of Monday, stating they'd rather sleep on the street than accept beds at Mayor Adams' new mega migrant shelter in Brooklyn, where they say they wouldn't be able to keep warm or access basic amenities like showers. Well, I wonder what the amenities were like in in their countries. The scene, the Watson Hotel on West 57th Street near 9th Avenue. And thus far, the city has 42,000 migrants here since last spring when city officials welcomed them. And now we have a full crisis on our Hand. Let's go to our friend Gracie in Rockland County. Good morning, Gracie. What's on your mind? Um, um, you're the greatest, Dom. You know why? You're good you. and you take a lot of calls so we can hear our our fellow callers. You're wonderful for that. You Thank give- you. Thank you, Gracie. Okay, what did I call about? Two points, they, they, they mesh. Okay, somebody said we need the migrants, we need these illegals because they're going to work and pay Social Security. Come on, tell me another one. They're used to, be, uh, uh, they, they're used to getting their little goodie bags, and they're going to keep their goodie bags. I, what kind of work are they going to do? Hey, wait, Gracie, and, Gracie, I'm going to let you make your second point. Did you get, yeah, your, thanks, go- did you get your goodie bag? Uh, yeah, right. I don't even want to. Uh, it's unbelievable. All I know is my husband and I, we have one phone between us. Uh, 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 that's choice we could afford to. Right. I get it. So wait, Gracie. You know what, but Gracie, just, Gracie, I'm going to let you make your second point. Don't, yeah. don't worry. But Gracie, you got to look in your goodie bag because do you know what's in your goodie bag if you look in there? Nothing. What's in there? No, there's something in there, Gracie. I promise. But you got to look for it. And what's in the bag is a tax bill from Rockland County telling you that if you don't pay taxes for your home, then you're going to lose your home. Do you think we can do a migrants and we could say, oh, we don't want to pay taxes this year. We'll, we'll pay them next year. You think we could do that, Gracie? Uh, no, darling, I don't think so. And the electric bill went so high. Oh, don't tell me about it, please, Gracie. Don't, don't. I know. That's another discussion. And now let's go to Murphy. We're going to send them to college. They don't even have elementary school or high. You know what I mean? But they're going to. We're going to let them all go to college. You know why? Because they'll take up space. And then the college professors who are liberals, who vote for the Democrats, will have more jobs. Hmm. You see how this works. Wow. But right, we're going to send them to college? What, what kind of papers? You know, my husband taught at Morris. Boy, you had some career, kiddo. Mar on. And uh, when he first started in 67, they were able to, uh, the students were able to write papers. By the time he left, they could practically put a sentence together. All right? Wow. The education stinks in New York. I mean, really now. It, it's so sad. I know I'm all over the ballpark because I'm so disgusted. Where is Trump? I I still love to know why Trump is hated so much, and then I'll say goodbye. I don't care that he tweets. 
All I know is my country was in order. Eggs weren't eight dollars. Well, not that much, but seven dollars a dozen. The the milk isn't four dollars. The uh, the gas at Costco went up ten well, cents hey, a week. Gracie, and then I got to move on after this. Yes, point. I know. But 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 I I don't know if you've been to shop right lately. I actually took took a picture of this. I couldn't believe what I witnessed. They this was on sale. For Hellman's mayonnaise, <laughs> two, two, I think, quarts of mayonnaise, and they had a digital coupon on this, two, two large jars of uh, mayonnaise for $11, and that was a digital coupon for $11 for mayonnaise. Well, you know what? We better all quit our jobs and all go on welfare. Goodbye, love. Thank you, Gracie. And you know, folks, you got me started now, Gracie, on Mayo. The last time I checked, Mayo used to be, what, two ninety nine a jar? And so times two, that's $6. That's, it's now double that amount. Eggs, and I, I hope you folks don't want a hamburger. You know what you do? If you want a burger or a turkey sandwich, go to the Watson Hotel and just ask one of the migrants, and they'll give you theirs because I'm sure they have plenty of burgers, and they don't like the sandwiches. So, you know, you'll be fine. Bobby, Upper Manhattan, you're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah. David had me choked up, I'll tell you that much. But I'm so glad that he lowered the boom on these advocates for for the migrants because I'm sure those advocates are getting paid fairly well. And just for the off the top of my head, it's gonna be eight degrees Friday night, Saturday morning, maybe even seven degrees. So it's gonna be a scene down there. Now the next thing is Paul Pelosi. If I was Paul Pelosi, and even if I had that drink in my left hand, as soon as the cops opened that door or as soon as the door was open, I would have went quickly right through and told the cops, I'm the homeowner. This is an intruder. I would have never got clunked over the head. Well, but but you know what, Bobby? We can never say never. And And I don't know if he would have made it through the door fast enough to avoid being hit. But, but... And I'm going to break this down tomorrow night, uh, 10 p.m., when I fill in again for Rita Cosby. Uh, But my point is this. A man is holding a hammer, and there's resistance in your other hand. He won't let you get full control of it. The police say, hey, guys, what's going on here? And you're still holding that drink in your left hand? That's the part I don't understand. If, If this is a a pressure situation, as it appears to be, why are you still holding that drink in your hand? That's the part, Bobby, I don't get. Do you understand it? Bobby, are you with me? Yes, I'm totally with you. Do Do you understand it, why Why he was was holding that, that, that drink? Yeah, I, it's... It's just like an accoutrement. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But you yeah. know what? We're going to break it all down. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Bobby. Let's go to Mary in Virginia. Good morning, Mary. What's on your mind? Dominic, I was watching Fox News at, on this evening, and one of the spokespersons for the illegal immigrants saying that they cannot move the immigrants, the illegals, to Brooklyn because they it would be too hard for them to get to their jobs. Why are they having jobs? Why are they working? They are illegals. Well, I, I don't believe that they're working. The, these are advocates that are being paid well to represent them. And the bottom line is the advocates and the migrants hit the high road. That's that's the way I, I, I don't I don't. Mary, I'm, I don't have much compassion at all uh, for this migrant situation at all. Did you did you see the pictures of how they left the rooms? They were trashed. These people do not know how to live in a house or a home. 
Well, why, why should they respect it, Mary? They're not paying for it. You and I are paying for it. And, and everybody right. and everybody listening within the sound of our voice. We, we, we're the suckers on, on the hook for this. And what about the true people that are homeless? How come uh, your mayor did not let them have these rooms? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, these are wonderful questions. These are wonderful, wonderful questions. Wonderful, wonderful questions. What I want you to do is listen to a soundbite with one of the advocates. I want you to listen to this, Mary, and everyone else, in which they're telling the migrants, hey, relax, chill out. You see those empty, empty uh, million-dollar condos? The advocate is stating, I want you to listen to this carefully, Mary, is telling the migrants that they could perhaps move there. Listen to this. We need one thing to be clear. Eric Adam only has one plan so far. Eric Adam's plan is to loot the city's departments and give that money to the NYPD and the developers who are gentrifying this city. He could have easily, along with Governor Hochul, opened up all the vacant luxury apartments. We are on 57th Street right now. This is Billionaire's Row. Half of the super towers on this street are empty. These are $40 million apartments. $40 million apartment. And maybe, you know, maybe I should be, uh, thank you for the call, Mary. Maybe I should be nice to the advocate, to be honest with you folks. Maybe, maybe he was on some bad marijuana. You know, marijuana is legal now. Maybe he went down to NYU and had uh, some of those edibles. But did you hear carefully what he just said? The $40 million apartments, $40 million, open it up to the migrants. And he said it with a straight face. And these are the nuts that are out there pushing this nonsense to the migrants where the migrants essentially think that they have the same rights as an American citizen. So Mary Mary Jane, Long Island, I can't take the call because we're short on time, Mary Jane. But she says, is there any way to make a GoFundMe for David? David, one of our listeners, uh, I've received about four or five emails while we've been on the air as it relates to David and starting a GoFundMe page. What I recommend is, uh, what because I can't do it because it wouldn't be ethical for me to do so, for one of you as uh, as listeners to open up the page uh, for David, and uh, and then we can help you push it. But I can't, I can't. And Mary, Mary Jane, I would love to take your call, but I'm completely out of time. I'm joined by Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, Hello, sir. Hello, Dominic. Nice half a day for you, only doing uh, <laughs> two extra hours instead of your usual four. How's everything? Everything my is great. Everything is great. Uh, very excited about today's show. You know, I'm a fan of um, the TV show Cheers and Frasier. We're going to be joined by one of the writers from both of those shows, Ken Levine. He's going to join me. And then I don't know if you saw the New York Times story a week or two ago about the guy that tried to live without plastic for 24 hours. He's going to join me and let us know how it turned out. So an interesting show is coming up. Yeah, I hope so. Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. I will be back again later on today, folks, tonight, I should say, at 10 p.m., 10 p.m., 10 to 1 a.m. And for Rita Cosby, have a great day.